The Crucifixion of Jesus So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the Place of the Skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Latin and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but this man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, In order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Easter Friday never ceases to lose its capacity to both captivate us and cause us to deeply reflect on all that's going on in this day and to horrify us in particular with this form of execution called crucifixion. 2,000 years ago, the world was a very brutal place and uh, this form of execution was not unusual. The point was to uh, kill someone in a way that had the most uh, physical brutality and the, the, the most utter humiliation to make it just the most ghastly deaths that one could die. But the central point of today is not how Jesus was killed. The crucifixion was not that unusual at the time. It was used by the Romans to execute slaves and rebels. What's so powerful about this is that it's happening to a completely innocent man. And what's incredibly powerful is that we believe that this was God in the flesh. It's God that had in love come to dwell among us, to reveal that love, to reveal his character. So this is therefore the murder of God. In this moment, mysteriously, God is bringing healing to the world. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Brian Zahn beautifully explains it like this. On Good Friday, all the disparate sins of the world amalgamate into the sin of the world. Whether flowing forward in time or backward in time, every human sin, every act of selfishness, every debasing degradation coalesces in an awful singularity at the cross. What is the sin of the world? It is Jesus nailed to a tree. That is why on one level the crucifixion will always remain ugly. It is the image of all sin coalesced into a single event. But that's not all the crosses. The cross is also beautiful. The cross is both the awful crescendo of human sin and the sublime apex of divine grace. The cross is beautiful because it is the place where sin as a singularity is absorbed, forgiven, and transformed into reconciliation. There's so much happening in this moment. Uh, in this moment, Jesus is punished so that I could be forgiven. 
Jesus has made sin with my sinfulness that I might be made righteous with his righteousness. Jesus tastes death for us so that I might share in his life. Jesus bears my shame that I might share in his glory. Jesus endures my rejection that I might have his acceptance with the Father. There's so much going on here. Canadian Brad Jusek says it like this, the cross is much more than the crucifixion of Jesus. It's the New Testament metonym for all that Christ accomplished in his cruciform birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. The cross as such fills and encompasses the whole cosmos in God's loving embrace. The timeline of human history is laid out in the span between those two nail-pierced hands, and all passes through the Savior's sacred heart. There's so much happening and a lot of it's beyond my understanding. I've spent a lot of time time working uh, through different theories of atonement in different theological worlds. And smart people have been creating theories on what's going on for a long time. But on Easter Friday, you know what I think the best thing to do is? It's actually just to behold the cross. It's to gaze at the cross. It's to look and wonder at the love of God. I've had to work through a lot of brokenness in my own life and there's plenty of work to do. I've had the privilege over, over many decades now of working with people through, as they navigate through their own brokenness. And you can work and work and work and try and help. And yet when someone encounters the love of God and when they see the light of Christ shine in their darkness and when they hear his voice and they behold his face, there's healing that happens that's so much deeper and so, so sovereign. And so I think the most helpful thing we can do is to behold the cross today and to respond in worship. That's why songs are beautiful and can be helpful. My favorite hymn is a hymn called It Is Well With My Soul. It's a hymn written from a place of incredible loss and suffering and grief. But there's this verse in there that gets me every time. I can barely sing it without choking up. And it says this, my sin, Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And that's what, why the church is beautiful. The church is beautiful not because it's filled with flawless people. The church is beautiful because it's a bunch of people who uh, have seen a flawless Christ embrace their flaws. And the church isn't made up of whole people with it all sorted out, but it's actually made up of the broken people who, had, who find wholeness, but in a Christ who was broken for us. And so I pray today that you will know how loved you are as you gaze upon the cross once more. And that there would be a fresh revelation of how loved you are and that that love would bring healing and hope into your heart and life. Let's pray. Today, we remember your supreme sacrifice, the sacrifice of our beautiful King, the Lord Jesus Christ. You were led like a lamb to the slaughter, clothed in humility and grace, and you willingly offered yourself to death so that we might live forever. We are truly thankful for the extent of your love stretched out on a cruel wooden cross. We dwell on the pain you bore for us and are truly grateful for the forgiveness that you offer. As we worship and praise you today, 
Help us to live in the wonder of your goodness and marvel at your endless grace. Amen.